for another edition of Smack Talk. Rick Uchino, he's a busy, busy man. He's at a radio station because the world is going to heck. Thank God I'm in the UK and not in America right now. So we have with us uh, a you, special are, guest. Are you in UK? <laughs> yeah, I'm still in, in the UK. UK. They aren't going to let him back in either. Yeah, yeah, they're not letting me Good. back in. <laughs> Keep him out. We keep get, Rick out too. Tell the truth about Rick. He got arrested for impersonating a radio announcer. Oh, that's what they arrested him for. Ow! See, ow! We're we're uncovering the truth already. Early, we're not even admitted in Dutch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm gonna blast Rick the whole show. I don't care. He's not <laughs> here, so he have to, well, you he'll have to make up for it next week. Yeah, Rick didn't Screw mention Rick. the uh, Rick didn't okay. mention the arrest when he uh, messaged me tonight. Hmm. Uh, 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 oh, convenient! Conveniently, he didn't mention it. Maybe it was his well, lawyer. Maybe it was his lawyer that texted me then. <laughs> well, you know, Dutch Mantel, well, he's always I... here and he's always got the jokes. And Jeremy Bennett of Top Story, the face you see every single uh, evening here on Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, he is joining us. How you gentlemen doing this Friday evening? Good. Really doing good. good. I was doing great. I was watching. I saw SmackDown. I did a lot better. Now yeah. I swear to God, I, I, I almost had to call the suicide prevention hotline. Cause it was getting bad. It was that bad for you? I was waiting for uh, Snitsky to come out and pawn a baby again when they brought that baby stroller out. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus! Was it my fault? <laughs> That's the type of night we're having here. Everyone, sound off in the live chat. We want to hear from all of you. What did you think of SmackDown? What did you think of AEW Rampage? Since Dutch already told me beforehand, he nearly fell asleep during the first two hours of wrestling on this evening. We're going to talk about the last hour of wrestling that went down. Uh, Dutch, what was your thoughts on the opener to AEW Rampage? Ray Phoenix versus Andrade El Elio. You you always seem like you're a big fan of Ray Phoenix, and he went out there with Andrade and did all the moves, some great action. We saw an avalanche reverse Spanish fly. We saw different sequences with like kicks. Ray Phoenix with great selling of his knee down to the down the stretch as well and then finally uh he avoided the low blow and the tablet shot from andrade he was on the floor after a dive and it was roosh one of andrade's closest friends uh helping him out delivering the low blow to phoenix putting him back in the ring for andrade to hit el Elio for the victory and confirmed that he is bringing La Faction Inganables, one of the top factions from CMLL to AEW. What did you think about Andrade and Phoenix Dutch? It was a clinic. If you watched it, great clinic, just back and forth. And uh, Andrade, man, he, he can do some stuff. See, I'm just learning some of these guys now, but Andrade, he did a lot of stuff that Phoenix... I mean, that's, that's his game, you know, all this, this crazy stuff. I, 
Andrade can do it too, and Andrade's a bigger guy. So it's very rare when you see the bigger guy doing the things that the smaller guys do. <clears throat> Good match, and uh, finish was pretty decent, and it went 20 minutes. You know, when I started getting it, I don't know. I It's already in progress. So I'm assuming it went a minute or two uh, b before that for him to start taping. And I looked at, you know, I looked at uh, at the time, and it was 19 after uh, the hour when they finished it. So they had to do over 20 minutes. That is a really a hard chore to pull off with a live crowd. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, when I'm looking out there and I, I'm seeing all these AEW fans, it's almost looking like an ECW crowd, like short on the women and heavy on the males. <laughs> so, and, and that's what ECW, ECW booked their reputation on is all the yeah. really hardcore stuff that really on, only the males kind of like, the women don't like it. Uh, but a lot of guys out in that crowd and, and where were they tonight? Uh, this was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This was taped on uh, Wednesday. So this was after they saw a Wednesday show. They went out there and had this clinic, and they were very vocal for it. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, even take uh, put anything against you if you thought this was a live crowd because they were so invested in this matchup. What did you think, Jeremy? Yeah, it's like uh, you, know, you had the big pull apart brawl to end uh, Dynamite, which also kind of ended Rampage as well. So it said the crowd had to come down from that pull-apart brawl, and then you get this classic between these two guys. Uh, a guy on Twitter said it perfectly. This the pay-per-view starts right now because these two. This is a pay-per-view match between Andrade and Phoenix, and uh, they gave us a pay-per-view quality match. I like uh, Andrade's definitely getting bigger. He was not that big in NXT. He's definitely getting bigger. I love when he throws in the Ric Flair woo when he attempts the figure four. A little shout out to the father-in-law, but. Man, what a way to start the show. Yeah, I love the little exchanges of the three amigos, both paying tribute to Eddie yep. Guerrero. Love them the missed knees to the to the ring post. That hurt me a little. I, I know Dutch got knee knee, knee problems. No. Did your knee hurt watching that spot? That was a great spot. I've never seen it before. I've never seen a missed knee on the post. I've never seen it. But it makes sense. And yeah. But the, some, but some of these guys now, you know, we can we can say they move too fast, and they do sometimes. I mean, they don't really have time to sell it. But some of these things look so good, they need to save it, actually, for a finish. You know, if you hurt your knee, that would have been a good way to end the match and have the guy to, you know, get the inverted cradle and let the guy tap out because yeah. the guy didn't beat him; he actually beat himself. And that's what you're actually looking for because you don't want to have any kind of screw finishers or anything like that because AEW, they don't need it. And they have a they have a really good show, a lot better show than I thought they would have. Yeah, like the three years that AEW has been in existence, I think they've done a DQ finish once ever. And uh, But I think Roosh with Andrade is already a better – pairing than the Andrade family office or the Hardy family office. I think it just, it feels more important where the, the family office stuff seemed like a mid card level type of deal. These two guys are both main eventers. Both have been 
world champions, and th- this feels like a bigger deal. I dig the shirt too, man. That that's a pretty cool shirt they got there too. Yeah, like that, like Dex Caliber mentioning that it's probably already on shop. AEW. It is. I would. I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I think would it definitely, is. I would definitely cop it. Uh, you know, Los Inganables de Japón. We're gonna see them at Forbidden Door with Hiromu yep. Takahashi and Shingo teaming up with Sting and Darby Allen. And how appropriate is that? If if we still get some more AEW and New Japan, you know, crossplay, they can play into that because Andrade's probably his biggest rival since coming to AEW was Darby Allen. And now the Inganables part of new Japan is teaming up with Darby Allen. So you can have an interesting, you know, interplay there. It, it kind of, I kind of am sad that, you know, Naito had eye surgery and couldn't yeah. make the trip over to the U S because if they were able, especially with the whole, as I like to call them, the bloods and crypts of professional wrestling, a triple uh, a and CMLL, which prevented Andrade to be a part of, of the Forbidden Door card. If we could yeah. have had that interplay with Naito, with mm-hmm. Roosh and Andrade, I think this would have been an even better way to kind of establish them in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, this is probably going to be a yearly thing. Tony Khan wants to make this a two day event, just like Wrestle Kingdom. So it's going to be kind of maybe your 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 midway bridge, mid season bridge. You got Wrestle Kingdom at the start of the year. You'll, you get this in the middle of the year, and um, it's going to be great to see some guys. I'm a big fan of Takahashi. I love Alpha and Tasmo. Those guys are going to be on the card. So it's going to be good to see some guys you don't you don't see on television that often uh, c- compete on Sunday. Yeah. Hey, before we before we go too far, let's get us some WWE news out. John Laurinaitis. I think everybody knows this, but we'll here. What did I do? He's had he's had to step down. Our What is he, suspended or what is he? I think he's indefinitely suspended. No, it's administrative leave is oh. how they how they uh, quoted it. And Bruce Pritchard has been is taking his place. So Bruce Pritchard is not only the executive director of creative for both Raw and SmackDown. He is now the head of talent relations. Dutch, you've worked backstage. How, uh, what, what has been your interactions ever with like Bruce Pritchard? And how do you think he's going to take on the role that kind of is kind of counteracts each other and it's kind of like it's kind of hard to play both of those roles because they kind of play off they don't play off of each other very well and it is a role that bruce richard has gone on record and said that he hates well vince has always been there he's always been the guy that if two competing say creative guys are fighting or whatever or one department's fighting the other department they always take it to Vince, and Vince is like the Supreme Court. What he says goes. So, and tonight, was Vince there tonight at SmackDown or no? Most likely he was backstage. Well, I, I was thinking tonight that since they've had a change and Vince has kind of moved back and maybe Pritchard has taken it over, the show yeah. hadn't. The show didn't change. Yeah. It's the same old. It's the same old structure that it had before. Yep. And they had a on SmackDown night. They had a few segments that were interesting, but other than that, it's just it's the same stuff. I thought we would see maybe a total change, uh, like Pritchard. I mean, like uh, Triple H did at NXT. 
<clears throat> he had a whole different setup, but I, I saw none of that tonight. It was still just a regular SmackDown show. Yeah, and I think with, with Pritchard going into the talent relations role and the word of Triple H being back down in Orlando, I kind of wonder if they're pulling Pritchard out of NXT and uh, Triple H is now going to be back running it with Sean. Well, they need Triple H up there at, at, the, at, yeah. the, ma- at the master level. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. at the developmental level. I yeah. think that's where he, he's mostly needed because that's where their money's coming from. The money's not coming from NXT. They're training guys down there. Their money is, you know, the the TV syndication deals around around the world and, and TVs and the merchandising. Now Stephanie allegedly was released because they weren't happy with her sponsorships that she was working with. Is is that what? Well, that was WWE's way of basically burying her on the way out because she it was her choice to take the leave of absence. But, you know, WWE thought that this would make them look bad and would hurt their stock price. So, so to kind of bury her on the way out, they were like, no, 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 it wasn't her job. She wasn't doing a good job for us. She wasn't getting sponsorship. So it was basically basically when you when a girl breaks up with you and you be like, oh, no, I broke up with her. She didn't break up with me. I broke up with her. That's what WWE well, did to Stephanie, basically, Dutch. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you this: If they find an NDA from some other woman or whatever, what are they going to do about that? Yeah. If it's um, if it's, it's found to be if if they spent company money on it, and then it's possible, they're well, they being all quiet right now. Yeah, yeah. And there and was even a, the leak. You're not hearing many. You're not hearing much about the leaks either. Uh, there was a report that came out uh, today that that Vince was the one that had Stephanie step down, but and a lot of people in the higher up positions were talking bad of her. But obviously, the board of directors were not talking bad of her because the eight board of directors uh, that are in this investigation voted her in as interim CEO. So. Yeah, it's a strange situation. Oh, it's very strange. Wow, it's and gonna and there's more D- NDAs out there for sure. They said in value they lost 500, <clears throat> 500 million dollars. Is that did, did anybody read that? Half a billion, yeah. Yeah, Damn. uh, the stock price has gone down almost ten dollars in eight days. Mm-hmm. Um, while it was on its way up until the news broke. And then yeah. it's gone about 10 down to Dutch. Do you think this is a more serious situation in terms of the, uh, in, in terms oh, okay. Is your, is your beats messing up again, Dutch? Oh, I think Dutch is frozen. He is froze. I was going to ask Dutch, frozen. uh, if he thinks this is more serious than when the steroid trial happened. I'm back. Oh, there he is. Dutch, do you think this is, is uh, do you think this is more serious in terms of Vince being in power and staying in power than the steroid trial back in the 90s? Do you think this is more serious? Well, I, I think it is more serious, but whether they could do anything because Vince, back in those days, he was like just a, a struggling businessman. Now he owns. 80% of the voting shares. So I don't know how they're yeah. going to get him out. Mm-hmm. Unless he, he voluntarily does it. And I don't see Vince volunteering to do anything. 
at all. But I do think within, and I, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago because I think there is a faction of people within WWE, not only the office, but the stockholders, they would like to see the McMahons gone. I think they have it in their head that they can actually grow more if the McMahons weren't there. Now, whether that's right or not, that's their opinion. Is it because Nick Khan is... Is it because Nick Khan is more of a businessman, business-oriented man that they brought in to bring in those big network deals? Well, isn't Nick Khan, doesn't he get hired hired to sell places to get their stock up and sell it off? Mm-hmm. Has he done that before? Yeah, I think, I think that's so. what he was doing in WWE. I think that's why you saw so many releases. Yeah. Because they weren't making their money back on a guy, say, in NXT or anywhere. Instead of paying him and letting him go home, they just let him go. Which is what most business w- would do anyway. But yeah. they just let so many people go, it hurt their overall product. So, and I think Nick Khan now, he may have changed his vision of WWE and may even want to stay there. So, yeah. once he got in, how long has he been there? About a year? About two years now. Two Since years. like 2020. Yeah, and, okay. and well, there's always those rumblings that him and the Rocket team up and buy WWE, which would be really surreal. Oh, that's well, that's friends, just the fans they? who said that, though. Yeah. That's not anybody. Well, not Rock himself, that. but I mean, yeah. Rock's companies. I mean, obviously, Rock's oh, companies I have. <laughs> I, I read no, you you you're the no, one I that wrote... said Disney. Disney was gonna was gonna buy WWE. That was a long time ago. That's when I was still doing drugs, but. But I, I read I read about The Rock, too, because I, I wrote it down, and then I read it back to myself, so I read it. So whether that's true or not. But Nick Khan and Rock allegedly are friends. Yeah, he used to be his agent. Yep. Oh, he did. So yeah. now it makes sense. And I guess, at, well, okay, let me ask you, while we're on The Rock, did he, did he buy that football league, the old WF? XFL. Yeah, launches next yeah. February. Yeah. Okay, the USFL is going now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the season is they're in the playoffs right now, I think. Yeah. So the the league that Vince uh that Rock owns, when are they starting or are they have they started? They'll relaunch no, in, in February. Oh next twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Well yeah. I'm a football but, fan trying to watch USFL, can't watch it. Oh, it's boring as hell. Oh, they, don't have, they don't have a crowd. And oh. the crowd, now that now that we know they tried wrestling without a crowd, it's the shits. Yeah. And football is even worse. Yeah. So you yeah, sit there, it, it looks like a practice. And, you and know, be- nobody's, nobody's going to watch practice. And before the pandemic, XFL was actually a pretty good product. Uh, no compared- kidding. It was good. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you Rock could I- recreate that. Well, and what I liked about, and I'm, we're talking football right now instead of wrestling, but what I liked about the uh, WFL was, was the rules. Yeah. I like where they kicked out. I liked the the three, the one point extra play, uh, extra point, two points, three points. So really, you could be down nine points, but the, you know, in ordinary football, that'd be two possessions. Mm-hmm. That could only be one. So it makes it, it makes it a lot better game, I think. Yeah. And they had some good yeah. athletes. 
All right, so let's go back and talk about this SmackDown that we just. Let's all get well, to, to bring it back around to what I originally asked you, Dutch, what what's your thoughts on Bruce Pritchard, though? Did have you ever interacted with him backstage? How do you think? How do you think he's going to get with the job? He actually was the one who actually hired me the first time I was up there. When I walked in with Justin Hawk Bradshaw, I was sent there originally. It, it's crazy. I used to call him like every week. And I would call him every week. Is Vince in? No, he's not in. Okay, can you tell him a Dutch called? Okay. I called so much. The woman, the receptionist, who answered the phone, learned my voice. And I say, is Vince in? Dutch, how are you? Where are you? And she was just as nice as she could be. So I called up one day, and they put JJ on. And I says, hey, I got an idea for you. And he says, what? You have the Blue Brothers coming in, Ron and Don Harris. Yeah. I said, won't you let me manage them? He said, that's not a bad idea. Call me back 30 minutes and give me a start date. I said, well, hell, if I'd have known that, I'd have pitched this. Instead of having them try to figure out things for me to do, I just gave it to them. So I was with the Blue Brothers, and one of them got mad over, I think, Ron got mad over his WrestleMania payoff. We was on first match. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that was when the business was tough and everybody was closing up. WWE and WCW they were taking over everything. So he just got up one day at TV and just walked out. Didn't even tell me. And I asked wow. Donnie, I said, where's Ron? He said, oh, he quit. What? Yeah, he quit. He's not coming back. Oh. And then... Donnie quit, so I'm sitting there by myself. So I'm sitting there in just a room one day, and Bradshaw come in his first day, and he had come in from Germany. Oh, yeah, and we got to talking, and I I think Bruce come in. I said, Bruce, why don't you let me manage uh, Bradshaw tonight? He said, sounds good to me, pal. I just went to the ring with him. Vince saw it, liked it, and they signed me again about five minutes after the match. So I learned something right there. You know what a lot of people don't know is how guys get out of power, the talent gets out of power. And it doesn't take much. Vince will have a meeting and he'll say, what about that guy, what's his name, blah, 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 blah. And they don't have to, the agents don't have to say nothing. Our creative doesn't really have to say nothing. They just go, well, that's it. <laughs> if they don't get glowing, slight hesitation but, screws them. Yeah, it's like it, it. You don't have to say nothing. You just go. Mm, that's it. Vince is, uh, and he's done with it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. So if you're going to really push a guy, you better get behind him, <coughs> and and stay behind him because Vince ship him. He'll, he'll ship him right off, right, right off that day if he could probably, but. And that's the way they operate. So, and but Vince, I don't, I don't think Pritchard would operate that way. But I think he needs to kind of look at these shows and see if he could spruce them up a little bit, because they're uh, they've been doing the same show for twenty years. Yeah, same one. Yeah. Open they the show open with a promo to set up the rest of the night every yep. every time. And they said, "Well, yep. we got to grab the people. Grab them with the good batch, then follow it." follow it with you know who's who's coming to the ring first there'll be surprised there's a match kicking off the show then 
Oh, yeah. The first thing is, what the hell are they doing? They have lost their ever loving minds. So, Vince will show up late and be like, what's going on here? <laughs> Jake to show up a little bit and, and go from there. See, an old booker told me one time, he said, on a show, he said, what you want to lead off with is, well, of course, it's one of your, not one of your mid-card matches. And sometimes they lead off for the main event yeah. because yeah. that's going to hold the people. But he said, if you don't, <coughs> if you can't move that main event, he said, start with the most explosive match you have that the people will be up for. You know, the baby face wins, so they're in a good frame of mind. Don't ever start a match where the bad guy wins. Because now they're in a bad mood. So give them a give them a good explosive match where the guys are moving. Almost like we saw with uh, Andre Andre tonight. Yeah. And Phoenix. Yeah. Great yeah. opening match. Yeah. So if you'd had that yeah. in the house, oh, the people are up. Yeah. And they say, and- wow. And, and that's, that's something that AEW does very well with those yeah, with those type of opening matches because we saw that with the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks a couple of weeks ago too. But like you said, we got to talk about SmackDown, unfortunately, and they gotta. kept to, they kept to the formula of starting the night with a promo that set up the main event, and they had Drew McIntyre come out. He was supposed to set up his destination to the undisputed WWE Universal Title. He got in a couple of digs at Brock Lesnar just showing up up last week and now he has a title match while Roman Reigns has kind of been avoiding him for months but he said he's going to win money in the bank and he proposed cashing in money in the bank on the last man standing match at SummerSlam. Sheamus then came out and interrupted him talking about um, them both being given the spot in the money in the bank ladder match and he says the last time he was in the money in the bank uh, he cashed in on of course Roman Reigns so that was a nice little call back there and then we had Paul Heyman come out to interrupt all of this, talking about uh, both of these men. He talks about uh, Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and he says he needs to protect his champion <laughs> and from the Money in the Bank cash-in. So Adam Pearce announces that Drew and Sheamus are out of the Money in the Bank ladder match, and they had to face the Usos in the main event to earn their spot in the matchup. Dutch, I saw the the, the sleeping uh, motion. What did you that, think that about this sense. opening opening oh, segment God. here? Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Um, first of all, you already barely have the field set up. I'm sorry. You barely you barely have the field set up for the men right now as it is. Now you're pulling two of the three men you have announced out. Possibly, it just made no sense. I mean, we—I mean, I love the matchup. I, you know, I'm not going to hate the matchup that they put together. It was unique having those guys team together against the Usos, but it made no sense pulling them out of the match to win back in because there's hardly any men announced for this match as it is. They lose me. You know what else lost me here? Let me explain it. I'm about. They need to take. Smackdown and market it as a as a sleep medication. <laughs> How'd you, you did you enjoy sleep, it? <laughs> put on Smackdown so you can go. Oh, sleepy. Did you have a good two hour nap today, Dutch? Oh, I did. But <laughs> the, the girls match with Lacey Evans, uh, the Rodriguez girl, and yeah. Raquel Rodriguez and Sonya Deville. What 
was that? Was that a handicap match or what? A handicap match with the baby faces had the advantage. How many times have you seen that in professional wrestling, Dutch? <laughs> a handicap girls match with two girls on the outside, too. Yeah, with the yeah. baby faces having the, the advantage of two on one. Well, <laughs> well, they did change that. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I, I think this whole this whole episode could be described that it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like what we talked about with the main event, it didn't make a whole lot of sense because when you break, book that matchup, yes, it's going to be good. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and the Usos, but none of these people should be losing. The Usos, no. as the undisputed tag team champions, should not be losing. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre have to be in Money in the Bank because they don't have a lot of people to put in this damn matchup. So yeah. they had to win here, but you had to have your tag team champions lose but i thought it was a very good matchup street profits were on the show they were on commentary so we got some build up for their match at money in the bank but at the end of the day you had your undisputed tag team champions lose here first time they've lost since they became the undisputed tag team champions a pinfall loss they've lost by dq and count out of course because it's wwe but yeah. what did you think about the match overall dutch to finish the show oh the last match, I finish because they got all of your players. They got them all together, and it, it wasn't a bad finish. I kind of liked the, uh, the finish going on because then then McIntyre and Sheamus kind of got back into it a little bit when they worked together, and I don't think it hurt anybody. It was actually a good. That was one of the better matches on the show. I was surprised that they celebrated together to end the show. You know, they've been bitter rivals for the past couple of years. And they celebrated to end it. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. But I, I I get the message. I get the message. The Usos are trying to stop two favorites from being able to hold the briefcase to cash in in a title that Roman's holding. I get the message. It's just how they got to the message was the, the bad part, you know, that just didn't make any sense. And this is what I, I kind of liked uh, uh, Zane talking about that. He wants to win it. So to protect Brock, yep. and then he had that was the only interview I've ever seen Heyman do. He didn't say nothing. <laughs> he didn't yes. need to. No, <laughs> he just had to get in Sammy's face. <laughs> his, his facials did everything. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense what, what Zane is saying. And but he said he'd cash it in on Brock Lesnar because he didn't want to hear that. Mm. That'd be a pretty good interview if you if you watched it because uh, Frankie, I mean, uh, Zane did it all on his own, and Paul was just just looking. You know what I heard tonight for the first time? The name of the referee. Yep. You, did you, did that you know rare. that? Yeah, that was a rarity. I've seen people, I saw people online notice that. I saw people online notice that today, too. Because they don't, they don't ever give you the names of the referees. For what reason, I don't know. You know, in a boxing match, they give you the name of the referee. In a football game, they give you the name of the referee or basketball game. In wrestling, they don't even give you the name of the referee, the one you're going to look at for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes. They but, used to do it. Like, I used to know pretty much all the referees back in the day for WWE, like Mike Chioda, Charles Robinson, John uh, Cone. Earl Heppner, John Cone. Yeah, I used to know all their names. But, yeah, for the last couple of years, they just stopped referencing it. AEW does a good job where yeah. I know all the referees, Aubrey Edwards, Bryce Rensburg. Yeah, I know all their names, yeah, but WWE had, doesn't do that. AEW had a new referee that I haven't seen before. 
it's just like uh, I, it's like everything with Vince. Everything goes in waves. He'll like something one for a while, then he'll hate it, and then he'll like it again, and then he'll hate it. And it, the referees is a good example of that. Well, talk to the creative team. They can really fill you in on that, what he likes and what he doesn't like. <laughs> exactly. See, when, when I was in WWE, you couldn't give one of the creative guys an idea. Because if he would go to pitch it to Vince, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And if he was questioned or challenged on it, he doesn't know what to say. So if you got an idea in WWE, you got to take it right to Vince because he's your, your creative guy won't understand it. And even a lot of your, uh, the guys who, the producers, sometimes they don't understand it either. Because I've heard a lot of finishes from guys supposedly that, had a lot of experience. I didn't understand what they were talking about either. So there's a lot of confusion backstage at any wrestling show. Believe well, it's me. like it's like the telephone game. You keep telling it to so many different people that that original message is going to be completely changed by the time you get to the boss. Well, I've done that before. I've been sitting around a crude table, and, and you give you give an idea here, and it wasn't secretly either. And it would go down the table when it got back around. It didn't even have the same guy that I had put in it. <laughs> they even changed the opponents. And I said, well, screw it, man. Do what you want to do. They change everything up uh, completely. But you did bring up Sami Zayn, who was the other part of the Money in the Bank, the men's Money in the Bank match that was set up on this show. He got the big win over Shinsuke Nakamura in our opener. Really good matchup as per usual with those two. But the main story is him saying that he wants to win the Money in the Bank to protect it and to not have anyone cash in on Roman Reigns. He had his little flub up later on with uh, Paul. Paul Heyman. I, I pretty much said this on Twitter and I'll say it here. I feel like WWE just did that segment with Sammy and Paul Heyman a couple of months ago and they were like, well, this worked. This yeah. this is good. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep yeah. doing it. We don't have to have Heyman do much. It's going to work there. I think Dutch, Dutch turned off the lights for a bit there. No. But, um, Hang on a second, guys. I'll be right back. No worries, Dutch. Oh, there we go. There we and go. Rick, Rick's prophecy is coming true, man. And yes. I loved it. Rick put it on Twitter, and it's almost playing out exactly how he's laid it out. And I thought it was the best thing I've ever heard to book the men's money in the bank this year. And I hope it plays out, and I hope it happens. Because just because the detention, anytime Sammy holding that briefcase around the bloodline, it's going to be great television. So I, I hope it happens. Well, I did yeah, do you, you want to see Sammy win, Dutch? I really enjoy watching him because he has new stuff and he works his ass off. I mean, this guy is a working machine. His interviews are good, especially when he has a good point because now you're listening to it. So, well, hell, that, that makes sense. And if they, if they can, if they can keep that up, another thing I'm glad to see is they haven't ruined Gunther yet. No, no. Vince is he, very high on him. Well, he should be. You, you yeah. saw that with this matchup. Yeah, it was they're... the complete opposite of that first match. They just had Gunther totally destroy Ricochet yeah. tonight. Yeah, they were Ooh. saying the combination of him getting in shape, wanting to, or the combination of that and moving to the U.S. when he previously didn't want to move to the U.S. Uh, he's shown so much commitment, and Vince has just seen that and has been immediately impressed with it, and that's why he's gotten the title so quickly. 
Well, he's he's lost how much weight? Ooh, I don't know, man. He's had to lose close to like maybe pounds. eighty. Yeah, sixty to eighty pounds, maybe. And still I looks intimidating. He, he almost looks skinny. Yeah. Yeah. But and I love his work because it's unorthodox. Any of you guys ever see Johnny Valentine work? Yes. Or the name. Boy, he 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 didn't waste any moves. And you believed him too. Because he would that that him and Wahoo used to light each other up. <laughs> you know, it, it was like they been in probably easier street fights because they would just literally beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. And they set all kinds of records in mid Atlantic when they were there. They was just they had like a two year run. They would just sell out after sell out after sell out. And that's why Rick Flair got over because it was already selling out when Flair was coming along. So he and that helped him quite a bit. So Man, I love it, those Rick Flair mid Atlantic promos. I like Gunther. I like Gunther. What's his yeah. uh, manager called? Ludwig Kaiser. Kaiser. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gunther holds that title over a year, much like when he held the UK title for so long. I, I have a feeling he's going to have a very long run with that belt. Nobody's going to be able to take it off him. I well, mean, Gunther- I would say that if it wasn't WWE, because Vince loves somebody one day and then three months later, he won't. That's true. <laughs> well, the mere fact this with Gunther, a new guy, kind of says that I, I don't think he'll get off that bandwagon. Because Gunther helps the show. Yeah. yeah. This is the way I used to try to, you know, tell people about it, wrestling if they're not wrestling fans. If they sit down and they see somebody like Gunther, they will believe until you give them a reason to disbelieve. Yeah. Um, and Gunther's work looks very, very believable. It's not slick. It's not glib. It's, he just overpowers you. I love his flat back drop kick. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like, and he sent Mr. Ricochet into those in corner than that. So, I, so it had to hurt. And my hat's off to the Ricochet because he put him over like he needs to be put over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can sell yeah. for anybody. Does it, it looks. Looks immaculate, Dutch. Uh, the, the I, I like other, how they uh, had a I like how they had a competitive match for the title, and then a squash when they should. They they did the right booking on both ends of the of those two matches. There, in my opinion. Yeah, that it was booking, the right way to go tonight. What'd you say, Sid? I said it was the right way to go tonight to kind of just move on from the feud. He needed that type of victory to kind of put a stamp on the feud with Ricochet. Uh, where do you predict Gunther's going now? Um, I would think someone like a Shinsuke Nakamura would not be a bad option for him to face now since Nakamura is out of the money in the bank picture and he's been so synonymous around the Intercontinental Championship. I think Nakamura and uh, Gunther would be a good matchup for him. Be a hell of a match. Okay. But I think what we're going to see Gunther doing is he's going to continue his momentum because I think give him another month or two, he's ready. He's ready to go into the main event. I think. Yeah. No, you you're know, you're right. And if you put him over in that main event, your people are going to believe him. Yeah. If you keep so, building him up like this, you could make him a legitimate threat to Roman. If it, if they're not going 
you know, my my guess is they're going to have Drew McIntyre take it off of Roman at Clash at the Castle. Makes sense, just about based on them being at Wales. But if you keep building Gunther the way they are, man, he's going to be yeah. a believable guy to take that off of Roman too. When all of a sudden you had nobody that could beat Roman, now you you're finally building some people that can be believable. So you think Roman will lose to McIntyre in the UK? I think that's I think that's where the belt's going to change. Sid isn't agreeing. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it. I don't think they're taking the belt off of Roman until WrestleMania. Wow! Why does that have to be for the title? I don't even think it's gonna. I like I said, I've said this many a times. I think Roman headlines both nights of WrestleMania: one mm. night to lose the title and one night against The Rock. Oh. Oh. That would be good. Who, who yeah. takes the title at WrestleMania? Do you think? I think it should be Cody. Cody. Cody yeah. wins, comes back and wins Raw Rumble, and Rumble. he beats Roman for the title at WrestleMania. And if if it's not Sami Zayn winning the Money in the Bank, it should be Seth Rollins who cashes in on Cody and takes the title from him. <laughs> That's how you continue. Another heist feud. of the century. Yep. Close WrestleMania again with Seth. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the, the, the belt changing hands in the UK. I just don't see that because it, it's out of it's out of. I think it's out of Vince's wheelhouse because his 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 forte is the US and forte is in the UK. Oh, it'd be great for UK. Yeah, but it's a big stadium show, so I kind of just had that feeling right now. They just haven't built built Drew to that. Drew's not where he, what he was when he was WWE champion anymore. That's why yeah. I don't think he's going to be the guy to beat Roman. But we got to finish up with the last bit of stuff from SmackDown before we wrap up with Rampage here. So SmackDown, they had the Women's Money in the Bank qualifier, Shotzi getting the victory over Tamina. This was supposed to be our favorite Dutch, Aaliyah, in this one, but apparently she was injured. What did you think about Shotzi getting this win here, which we haven't seen Shotzi win and I don't know, I don't remember when Dutch. She almost hit herself with that foot on the ropes. Yeah, yeah, about flubbed <laughs> that. Rope was no selling. And I said, well, what if she just went out there and just messed it all up? I don't know. Uh, but Shotzi looked good because I didn't have any doubt who was going to win when she got in there. But, but I wanted to see our girl. I mean, Aaliyah, I mean, she's a diamond in the rough. She needs to be out there. So, Do you think, uh, do you think Shotzi is going to get, uh, going to get kneecapped backstage by Becky Lynch and Becky fills in at Money in the Bank? I, I think I, they're going to do some last chance, uh, last chance on Monday, last chance to get into Money in the Bank and Becky's going to win that. I figured Charlotte would get that last spot and win the. I, fi- I figured Charlotte would win the uh, Money in the Bank because obviously they're going to get her to sixteen, tire daddy, and she's never won Money in the Bank. So I figured, oh well, this is the time to put it on her then because she's never won it. She's always been cashed on, but never won it. So I figured they would just give her that accolade because she's ready to come back. Well, to me, I think they they should work on getting another girl over. Yeah, Charlotte's done all there is to do, and you still got time to get her that 16th title win that was the whole but purpose of money in the bank was to get a new I, person I would, over i would work i would work on lacey evans or that rodriguez girl yeah that's what i, I do I, 
I've said this a few times now. Lacey Evans is winning money in the bank. It's July 2nd, the weekend oh. of July 4th, and you're going to put the money in the bank on the former Marine. Ah, that's how you do it. Big money, see, because he's thinking way, way ahead of us. Oh, <laughs> man, them fu- the, the rockets will red glare, man. See, the to bombs. me, if, if I saw Charlotte Flair win it, it's, it's the same. Oh, there'll same. be a lot of groans. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The Rick seeing Brock Lesnar show up last week. Oh, he was mad as hell. And the same thing with Charlotte. I think that's why he needed the 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 week off. Dutch. He he needed to calm down from last week. See, he's he's protesting a different protest, and it's that that Brock is going to be at SummerSlam's main event. Uh, he's outside but, Nissan Stadium right now. Yeah, like protesting. I mean, I mean, Randy got hurt, so Vince had to smash the Brock glass and call the Brock one, phone. One thing: Did you see Undertaker appearing at the Wild uh, Wild mm. Horse in Nashville? Oh, you're going to get me started, Dutch? I was so mad about that. Because what? why does The Undertaker need a one-man show when his damn Hall of Fame speech was a one-man show? The man was up there for 45 minutes. What is he? What does he need? Another 45 minutes into an hour and a half one-man well, show? I'll tell you what. I've been to Jim Ross's you- one-man shows, though, in, at, at WrestleMania, and they're a lot of fun. And there's and I'm sure Taker's got a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, so no, no. That's good. that's good when Jim Ross only got 10 minutes for his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, I want to see more from Jim Ross. But I don't want to see more from The Undertaker when I had to watch an hour of him doing a one-man show at the Hall of Fame. Well, you don't have to buy a ticket. Vince ain't I, I, making you go. Not. Vince I'm ain't making not. you go. I'm definitely not going. I'm not watching it on WWE Network either. I still haven't watched his Hall Will of Fame Will it be on speech. Network? I, I probably, knowing them, they put everything for The Undertaker. I saw how long The Undertaker's speech was at the Hall of Fame. I've never watched it. We are here two months later, and I still haven't watched The Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech. After I saw I how it. long it was, and I saw I saw how long they gave Chad Gaspar's uh, wife and kid, I was like, nope, nope, no, I'm good. We saw how long they gave Mr. T, too. Oh, he had to God, thank his mama. I, I was there. <laughs> oh, were you? <laughs> I was there. I was saying, God, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Please, team, wrap this thing up so I can. Oh. But I gotta thank my mama one more time. Oh my God! Yeah, he <laughs> loved his mama. He made that plan. Oh, we we know we are never did. gonna forget that. The one last thing for SmackDown we need to mention is, of course, the Viking Raiders returning. Uh, they apparently are now healed. They have kind of the eye, ma- they have the, the raccoon eye makeup, black eye makeup, and they attacked my boy Shanky, who was getting his groove yeah, on. Get that dance on. It's been on the chat was- all night. He was getting his groove on with the new day and everything, and they jumped him from behind, jumped the new day. But this is a role for the Viking Raiders that they should have played a long time ago. I think their intimidating look, it's crazy that they've been with WWE for, I think, like four years, four or five years now. And this is the first time they have gone heel Dutch. What do you think about the long term, you know, uh, potential for the Viking Raiders as heels now? You can't predict WWE. No. You can't predict them. I mean, if you, if, if Vince had had a, a, a almost a straight record that you can tell how he acts here, he's not like a coach. He's very uh, impulsive. Yeah. And he'll get an idea and he, he just goes with it. 
Now, with Triple H in charge of what I was talking earlier, if he was in charge, you may be able to sway him a little bit. Our Bruce, Bruce Pritchard, you may be able, if you sit down and say this and this and this and this, and he might realize that, yeah, you might have a point. You can't sit Vince down there. Yeah. Uh, they tell you, that's a good idea. But what he's really saying is, get the fuck out of here, goddammit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Triple H, give me, give me Bruce in here, just to get rid of it. But I, I wish him success, but there's no way to predict it. This is the closest to War Machine that we're getting from Eric and Ivar. War Machine, of course, was their tag team name in Ring of Honor, and they were badasses in Ring of Honor. So the, I was excited for this because this, this is the first time that I felt like these guys were like War Machine. To be honest with you. Yeah, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me. I it was close. laughed my ass off when Xavier Woods thought the Viking horn was coming out of his trombone, though. I laughed my <laughs> ass off at that. <laughs> I I laughed at Xavier Woods saying that the, the New Day doesn't do rematches when they've been spending the last three months doing rematches with the Brawling Brutes. Well, he said it six or seven times. Yeah. Rematch. And who wants to see it? Nobody. And everybody agreed with it. Well, yeah, we all we all popped because we liked that creative idea for a change. <laughs> they might be so creative one day. Just one day. Just let him get that point across. Yep. Absolutely. Can they keep selling Vince on the same match? Almost in the same order. Yeah, yeah. Does it drive you? Does it drive you nuts, Dutch, that they will do rematches of pay-per-view matches the next night? They just—that's the way they do it. It's Vince. That's that drives me nuts. Does it make sense? No, not really. But that's Vince. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. And when he was the only game in town, he could get by with it. Oh. And he's not the only game in town. Now and he's still doing it. <laughs> See, when people say there's a war between TNA or WWE or ECW or AEW and WWE, it can only be a war when one side realizes they're in a war. Yeah, yeah, they don't see a war. So it's apples, kind of apples and oranges, ain't it? Really, no, they don't give a crap about yeah. it because they're not making money off just house shows they're making money off their tvs and all this other stuff the content they're creating yeah i mean they're not a wrestling company anymore they're a content company they're an entertainment business that's it yeah and what did they announce on aew tonight well they announced a couple more matches yeah. for which one sports entertainer of the year of the yeah, week chris chris Jericho actually does that every week he does that every week he gives oh, a sports entertainer, entertainer of the week sports entertainer of the week because he he calls his uh factions they're they're not wrestlers they're sports entertainers just like wwe so it's a shot at the <laughs> wwe basically is what jericho's doing Yes, because he does the. They do the whole signature for like the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. They say for ten weeks the leading force in sports I love entertainment. Too. 
<laughs> we got uh, a super chat donation here from Rowling Curtis, who says, I would prefer Bailey to win Money in the Bank or the Royal Rumble so she can win the title at Mania. Where on Bailey's leg is the injury located? Any updates? I believe it was a torn ACL. Yep. Um, and she hasn't given any updates. She does like random teases for her coming back. But um, I, I'm very interested. A lot of people think that she is someone that should come back at the money in the bank what do you think dutch i like it I like it because you hadn't seen her in over a year yeah oh she's gonna get yeah. a big pop and 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 now all those fans that she had she comes back she's still able to perform so now they're back in the game or they'd like somebody else that, that they can cheer for yeah i i just wonder if it's a matter of she's been ready but where do we put her where do we slaughter this is going to be a big return we got to yeah. I'd ask Vance where to put her. <laughs> Wait a no, minute. Wait yeah, a knowing minute. them, knowing them though, they're not gonna go, they're not gonna book her for the pop that she's gonna get on her return. They're gonna book her because she was an effective heel. And she is needed probably on the heel side because Rhonda is running out of opponents. That that's the only other part of SmackDown that was yeah. worth uh mentioning was the Rhonda and uh Natalia segment. Uh what did you think about Natalia doing the best Ronda Rousey promo we've heard in a while, but then Ronda coming back with some ether, <laughs> some ether line saying that uh, the closest that Natalia has gotten to a top spot is dressing like her. Yeah, and she didn't recognize her because the rack was she was exposing her rack or something like that. That was a great line too, by the way. But you know, Ronda, she didn't come up with that. Oh, no. no. <laughs> You know she has an she has a personality like a wet mop. So if you, if you, Harry Saturn's wet mop. Oh my! Mop. I'm confused on her because when she comes to the ring, she's smiling. Then she gets in the ring, and tries to be serious. I don't know why they just don't let her. She's the baddest woman on the planet. Be a badass. Why don't she do that character all the way to the ring? Twenty four seven. Yeah. You know, you don't see Brock out there high-fiving everybody, do you? Well, no. Well, he may do it a little more now that he's babyface. Yeah. But he was a heel when he come out there. Oh, yeah. But that's Ronda's, that, that, that's Ronda's personality, I think. All right, let's talk about Rampage. I know you're dying to get there. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap this up quickly. Uh, Rampage. I know you uh you only you didn't see the main event, but the main event was very good. We had Jeff Cobb and Cash Wheeler, a preview of the winner takes all three way coming up at Forbidden Door. Uh, Jeff Cobb getting the win. Then we have the huge brawl between uh Chaos and the United Empire, as well as Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. The hype up not only Forbidden Door as well as Blood and Guts. And then they had a couple of new matches added to Forbidden Door as well. You had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. They're going to verse the uh, Suzuki Goons, El Desperado and Yoshinabu Kanamaru. You're also going to see The Factory versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Both of those matches are going to be on the buy-in. And the Jericho six-man trios match, Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Willie Yuta, and Shoto 
Aminu. That's going to determine who has the advantage going into Blood and Guts. But I know, Dutch, you only watch Rampage. What did you think of their kind of go-home show heading into the pay-per-view on Sunday? Do you think that they got any, like, viewers to kind of get invested and want to buy this pay-per-view with New Japan Pro Wrestling? You probably, but I, I don't think you... I mean, what a card they had. Actually, they were reading the card, and I got tired of listening to the card. It just went on <laughs> and on, and you own it. Yeah. The the card. Uh... Yeah, the commercials you hear. Not only that, but you get this and this and this and fans. Not all, because we're going to. I'm thinking, man, that's people on this card. That's what it seemed like to me. <laughs> Dude, the card the card actually beat Excalibur in a match on Wednesday. He, he could he couldn't keep going. It, like the card tripped him up. He was trying to go too damn fast. <laughs> well, they have they have so much on it. There's something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So- let me let me tell you something though, man. This year, FTR in singles matches has been kicking ass. Dax and Cash are tag team specialists, but man, they are showing us something on the single side of things this year. And uh, him and uh, Cash and Cobb tonight was a tremendous main event, in my opinion. You know why? It made sense. Right? He went in yeah. there to knock him down, couldn't knock him down. Now he's trying to figure out what Taters need to do. He's trying to figure out where Cobb has a weakness. Yeah. And he found it in the knee. He found it in the infrastructure, so he's trying to take his middle away, his infrastructure away, which makes sense. And I liked his interview because he actually said we're tag team specialists. Yep. We can go singly, but we, you know, we made all our our fame off being a tag team. So he was actually setting it up that he can go out here and he's going to almost win, but not. But now he can say, everybody can say, well, he's a tag team guy. And I've never seen Cobb work either. Never seen him. But he's a, he was, he's very good. I've read yeah. about him, but yeah. I've, I've never seen him work. Where is he from? He was in the Olympics for uh, who, the U.S. or? Yeah, he was for Guam, for Guam. He was a Olympian in 2004. Yeah, for Guam. Oh, um, what the? But, but he is a, how did he get in wrestling from Guam? Uh, well, he was an Olympic wrestler. That's what he was in the Olympics for in 2004, and then he just transitioned into professional wrestling. He really got he really got like uh, he really got rolling in professional wrestling with Lucha Underground. Okay, okay. And then uh, from there, once Lucha Underground folded, he 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 started kind of doing New Japan and Ring of Honor and, and things like that. But uh, he really got his he really got kick started in in Lucha Underground. Very very good match. And the interviews were good too. You know yeah. that yeah. Mark Henry that presents. And he's getting famous with it's time. Everybody loves it. Time for them that's, that's why he but gets it, paid the the big bucks there. But it's it's, but we, it's it's always such a great setup for the main event, though. You got two guys in opposite sides of the arena with Mark Henry moderating in the middle and then throws the line that everybody loves. It's a great setup for it. Uh, our very own Raiju in the in the chat here. Dutch, did you work with Akado in TNA? Uh, no, I didn't work with anybody in TNA. Oh. Um, but not the ring, right? I, hell, I was way past that. Okada, I have. I, I'm not sure. 
but his TNA we, uh, his TNA we, day was not that was, was right horrible. It was yeah. horrible. They that was when Joe basically Dutch was doing the uh, the Green Lantern gimmick and Okada green was Hornet. basically yeah the Green Hornet gimmick Kato. and Okada was was Kato basically terrible man that was terrible. I don't I don't remember any Green Hornets. Good. I just remember some. Your life is better for not shitty, remembering. Just some shit. Exactly. Oh my god. Hey, I was doing a podcast. I I quit it now. But the podcast, and the guy wanted me to do it. I said, I'll try it. But he wanted to uh, review old TNA pay-per-views. Hell, I don't it. I did. I was there. I don't even remember those pay-per-views. <laughs> was it like a, a, a three-hour nap like you had the, uh, the two-hour SmackDown nap today? Well, I would go disappear in TNA. I would just go there. Catering and just hide out in there under the table. And they say, is Dutch in here? No, he left. He was doing the earthquake. He's He's doing the earthquake drill under the table. Uh, He's gone somewhere else. But uh, I remember Fuchi and Onita, Mm. Puerto Rico. I remember them. And then Onita, he went over there and started that hardcore thing, right? Yeah, FMW. Yeah. I, I, I remember. And I remember who's this guy. I can't remember his name. I, I flew from Nashville, Tennessee to L.A., which is like five hours. He took a flight to Japan. We chased the sun all across the Pacific. It just didn't get dark. And we landed about afternoon and got on and they said well you got the night off we got in a van or some transportation drove for three hours through Tokyo three hours and then had to go to work that night and I was on last with this guy and I can't remember his name now it's on it's on it's on YouTube the last match he gave me a spinning heel kick knocked me completely out I was dead anyway from almost 24-hour trip, and then he knocks me out. I would have whipped his ass if I could, but I couldn't. <laughs> I just went back to the room, and, and, they, and the Japanese guys, that I, they would come in and they'd say, oh, thank you, thank you very much. And they just went out there and just beat the crap out of you. But they would come <laughs> in and just so nice. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. You go, God, I wish you'd have been a little more like that in the rain. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there one time and I happened to tell one of the other American guys, I said, damn, these guys can't work. He said, work? This is a, a half-shoot group. I said, what? <laughs> I just thought they could work. And then I got to thinking, you know, I could have won some of these fights had I known I was in one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you would have known that kick was coming to your head, you could have, you know. You could have stopped it and then get, go go uh, work your magic. Well, he he was big for a Japanese wrestler. He was about six four, big, yeah. big. Wow! And it's a blind kick sideways, bam! That's it. Lights out for me. Night so, night. Well, we we will have to hear more about these battles with uh, the Japanese talent next week, right here on Smack Talk. Dutch, do you have anything you want to plug before we sign off here? Well, I'm, I'm doing another uh, 
uh, I'll have it. I'll have it all next week. I don't even know the name of it now. I'm, do, I'm doing another podcast, primarily for the UK, and it's actually the guy telling me it's it's doing really well. So, I mean, and you can get it on YouTube. I'll have I'll have it next week. So, and that's about all I'm doing. Other, I'm robbing banks too. By the way, just keep mm. that quiet. That's a quick way to make money if you're fast and you got to get out of there. Yeah, we'll, we'll gladly take some hush money. Yeah. Jeremy, let the people know where they can uh, find you, sir. You can find me uh, this weekend, Sunday, after the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Uh, Jose G and myself will be uh, doing the post-show. Uh, and we're going to be staying up pretty late, I have a feeling, because we're going to also uh, simulcast the media scrum where our own Kev Kellum has been invited to the uh, the AEW media scrum. So we will be involved with that as well. So tune in uh, to uh, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube for uh, for our post show for that. And otherwise, you can catch me Monday through Friday on the Sports Kita Top Story and Wednesday nights after Dynamite on Twitch with our uh, little video game show uh, getting over on Twitch on getting over on Twitch. Very nice support, Jeremy. Thank you for filling in for Rick this week. I will no be problem. back with Dutch and Rick next Friday, 11.05 p.m. Eastern Time. You can check me out over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel tomorrow at 10.05 a.m. Eastern Time with special guest Kirian, one of the best New Japan experts on social media, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Fightful Overbook podcast he's from. We're going to be talking about Forbidden Door plus much, much more. So for Jeremy, for Dutch, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. And of course, Dutch, I got to plug this real quick. We'll see you next week right here on Smack Talk. Beat next week.